Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome. It is Devious Motives. I'm Brett Waterville. It's wonderful to be with you here on this final Friday before Election Day. That's right. Uh, By the time this weekend wraps up, and who knows what the storylines are going to be this coming weekend. But by the time this all wraps up, uh, we're going to be just about ready to vote. It's incredible to think about this long journey that we've taken uh, as a country uh, and you know what's going to happen next, right? You understand that like next week, maybe the Monday after, uh, there's going to be announcements for people who are going to run for president. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the nice, sedate, quiet, mellow uh, universe that is the uh, Biden administration for the last uh, two years because uh, you're going to have to strap in. It's going to become a very bumpy ride. And that's where I want to start with this uh, because I keep seeing this red wave, blue wave uh, contention that's taking place out there uh, on on Twitter and in other locations. And I actually have come to a conclusion. I believe you can have a red wave and a blue wave. And seriously, I'm not not joking around at all. Uh, Not a joke, as uh, President Biden likes to say. You can have both. And I'm going to explain to you how you can have both. There are going to be places in this country where um, blue... Blue folk are going to do very, very well. And I'm telling you where it's going to be. It's going to be California because California is about the only place that you can actually afford to be liberal. Uh, People that are in California that are the movers, the shakers, you know, your Gavin Newsom's, your Nancy Pelosi's, your Paul Pelosi's, uh, Barbara Boxer's, uh, DiFi and company. These are all unbelievably wealthy uh, human beings. Uh, You know, the the famous uh, Senator uh, Jane Harmon. Um, from down in, uh, in in Southern California, those are all people that can afford to be liberals because you have got to be filthy rich to be able to afford liberalism. I'm not kidding when I talk about that. I'm absolutely serious. The average working person cannot afford um, to be in bed with the liberals. You don't have enough commas in your bank account. That's the great lie that's been told for, for a long period of time. I, I do believe that Once upon a time, there were uh, Democratic uh, politicians who did care about the working man, uh, the survival of the underclass, all that sort of stuff. But that went away in the 1930s. That went away in the 1930s. Once you get into World War II and beyond the post-war world, uh, liberals, liberals were JFK. And I'm talking about the classical liberal sort of definition. JFK, the Kennedys, right? Um, You you look at you look at uh, the first families of uh, the blue culture, Pritzker's, you, you, you've got uh, Zuckerberg, uh, you've got uh, Bezos, you've got all these people that have made their money in technology or made their money uh, in entertainment or any of that stuff. They can afford to be liberal. You as an average person cannot, unless you're making north of, I mean, I, th- I think you've got to be making north of 750 a year just to even get into that table uh, that is uh, the, the left. And I'm not 
putting anybody down. I'm not putting the rich liberals down, and I'm not putting the the, the folks that cannot quite afford uh, liberal policies down. Now, why do I say this? And I'm going to give you a great example because you got the Paul Pelosi thing happening, okay? And uh, uh, I'll I'll let you take a look at the uh, Today Show reporting on Paul Pelosi uh, when he was attacked at his house, and uh, it turns out. Like he 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 wasn't like yelling and screaming about this weirdo being in his house. Here's a report from the Pelosi is home back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Kind of a weird story. Very weird. But look at the Pelosi's. They have security when Nancy Pelosi's there. Now they're going to have security all the time. But they had security when Nancy Pelosi was there. But nobody ever nobody ever tried to go in and break into their big mansion, their $6 million mansion uh, there in, 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 in uh, San Francisco. The only people that can afford liberal policies are people that can afford security, people that can afford um, uh, systems that protect them, panic rooms, uh, chauffeur-driven cars, you name it. Those are the only people who can afford that. LeBron James can afford it. Uh, the 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 Hollywood elite, like you know Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, they can afford liberal policies if that's what they choose because they have the money, they have the cash to do it. Uh, the guys up at Google, uh, the guys at, at Apple, they can all afford liberal policies. They don't have to worry about a maniac coming into their house because they got massive amounts of security. And oh, I'm sure they also have firearms. I'm certain that they've got the firearms. They don't want you having the firearms, you red state people. They're okay with the criminals having the firearms and the elites having the firearms, but normal people don't get to don't get to have the firearms in their model, in their world. So you can't afford to be a liberal. Unless, I mean, maybe you're fabulously wealthy. Maybe you are planning on winning the $1.5 billion uh, jackpot with Powerball. You can't afford to do it. It's just too rich for your blood. And here's the here's the dirty secret. All right. I'm going to I'm going to do a, I'm going to channel my inner Joe Biden. They don't want you filthy working people to join their club. They just want your votes. 
it's true. It's a hundred percent true. If they cared about the well-being of the working man and woman here in America, they would not support Nobel release. They would not support uh, Alvin Bragg and these atrocious, disgusting, like George Gascon, Che Boudin, who was uh, up in San Francisco for a while. They, they, they would not support those people because the only people that are being harmed, uh, the guys up at Google, uh, the guys at, at Apple, they can all afford liberal policies. They don't have to worry about a maniac coming into their house because they got massive amounts of security. And, oh, I'm sure they also have firearms. I'm certain that they've got the firearms. They don't want you having the firearms, you red state people. They're okay with the criminals having the firearms and the elites having the firearms, but normal people don't get to don't get to have the firearms in their model, in their world. So you can't afford to be a liberal. Unless, I mean, maybe you're fabulously wealthy. Maybe you are planning on winning the $1.5 billion uh, jackpot with Powerball. You can't afford to do it. It's just too rich for your blood. And here's the here's the dirty secret. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna channel my inner Joe Biden. They don't want you filthy working people to join their club. They just want your votes. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. If they cared about the well being of the working man and woman here in America, they would not support Nobel release. They would not support uh, Alvin Bragg and these atrocious, disgusting, like George Gascon, Che Boudin, who was uh, up in San Francisco for a while. They, they, they would not support those people because the only people that are being harmed to any uh, substantial degree are the people that get up and go to work and have to ride public transportation to get to work and to get home. They, the only people that that are the suckers. I talked about this in a in an episode a couple of days ago about the crime, the crime, the crime. Because you know, Morning Joe, he's he, him and Mika, man, they got they got a chauffeur driven limousine. That whole crew does. But the the PA, production assistant, the graphics person, they gotta they gotta take they gotta take either uh, uh, the subway or uh, maybe a bus. Likely they walk and they have to walk through filth and decrepit. Uh, disgusting criminality on the streets of New York City. Los Angeles is the same deal. The only difference is most people drive in Los Angeles. I mean, take mass transit in Los Angeles is, uh, is I don't even know how you do it. Like, I literally, I rode the subway one time when it first opened. Nobody was on it. It was a nice ride. I wouldn't go anywhere near a subway in, in, in Los Angeles. And yes, there is a subway in Los Angeles. Many people don't don't realize that. But you know what they won't do? They won't run the subway from the riffraff out to the out to Santa Monica, out to the out to the beaches. That's the that's the dirty little secret. Very hard to get public transportation to take you to the nice beaches of Southern California. Or you can get over to Van Nuys and Pacoima and the places that are uh, crime infested. But man, they're not gonna they're not gonna let the riffraff get on a public transport and head over to head over to the beaches. That's not how it works. That ain't how it works, folks. Okay, and that's all designed by liberal elites. So do I believe that there are liberal elites who are going to be stoked about the results of this election? Yeah, absolutely. Hedge fund guys, movie uh, directors and producers out in Hollywood, big tech, 
they're they're all they're all okay with that because what they get to then do is they get to say, you know, I wrote a check for uh, uh, citizens against uh, Republican people. Really, you wrote a check for citizens against Republican people? Is that CARP? Yeah, it was it was CARP. Uh, the, uh, the the group uh, I didn't I didn't write a check to though was uh, was uh, citizen. Republicans against people. That's that's a whole other that's crap and I'm not I'm not going with them. The deal is this. What you're seeing is a perfect confluence of people who feel left behind. And it's interesting because it's not the poor people that feel left behind right now. The the poor air quotes People who got checks have done very well for themselves. Go ask a truck driver, ask a contractor, uh, ask a small business person, uh, ask them how they're feeling in this economy. It's it's ugly. I, I um I have been desirous of putting a different fence around my property, and uh, I had to reach out to my fence guy, and he's like, "Well, you know, the uh, the wood has gotten a lot cheaper, but uh, everything else is still pretty darn expensive." So, so what do we have? What we have is these elites that can always get an escape. John Kerry, he's got those jets, man. He can fly on those private jets. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, even even the folks that are sort of leaning towards the right um, but are wealthy Hollywoodos, they, they, they are able to get out. They're able to escape. But it's the people that are stuck in the failing public schools with a lot of violence and uh, teachers that are burned out and, and, and all of that. They are, they are left behind. They're, they're literally left behind. Like just like in the book. And so that's where I think we get the disconnect between the blue wave and the red wave. Now, the red wave, a lot of the red wave, I'm going to say 30 percent of the red wave that's going to come is just going to be a manifestation of absolute anger, uh, disgust and concern for the direction of our country. So people are going to go in there and be like, I'm going to pull every lever that we have here for every Republican I can because we got to teach people some lessons. That's going to have a different impact, say, in a South Carolina or in Alabama than it is in a place like New York or Connecticut. But you're going to see pickups in different places. You are going to see pickups in different places. You will see blue wave zones where the incredibly rich live. You'll see blue votes. Summit, New Jersey. Bel Air, California. Uh, all that but where people are commuters coming into the cities and having to live with the very serious risk of being murdered going to work, that's where you're going to see red action. And that's hugely important. One of the big races, and I wanted to show this to you because you're not going to see this on Fox. You're not going to see this on a, on a lot of other uh, uh, shows. If you do, you're going to get like, you know, four seconds of, of the clip. I want you to hear, it's about a three-minute run of... Uh, Tudor Dixon, who's taken on Gretchen Whitmer, and she was at a at a stop uh, there in Michigan as she was uh, campaigning. She is on the ball. I can see her uh, uh, ascending to the national uh, sort of uh, a level. Here is uh, here is Tudor Dixon. I'm just going to let it roll uh, in its entirety. This is Tudor Dixon talking about Gretchen Whitmer, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and why they try, they got to try to bring these big guns out. And Tudor Dixon lays out a very interesting 
point of view as it relates to policing. Here's Tudor Dixon. So they had, they, they must be having a little bit of a problem with their base because they had Barack Obama come in. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Joe Biden wasn't enough. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> So they had Barack Obama come in and he stands in Detroit and he says, they say there's a crime issue that happened seven years ago under Trump. First of all, we're like, he must have taken math in Michigan. I'm right. Because he was president seven years ago. That's right. So, so, but if you think about the optics of that, you're standing in the second most violent city in the nation. And you're like, it's not our fault. Gretchen's only been in office for 20 years. Yes. It is your fault. You guys are the ones who say you don't want our communities to be protected by the people who protect our communities. So we are going to make sure we invest in our police officers. We're going to put a billion new dollars into policing. We're going to recruit and retain police officers and bring honor back to that job. It's funny because, you know, they, they ask the Democrats, are you going to have Joe Biden come and campaign for you? And most of them are like, oh, we're good, thanks. <laughs> so they asked Joe Biden, they're like, why are people asking you not to come? Why have to, has Tim Ryan said that he, they don't want you to come? And of course, his response was like, 16, blah, 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 48. And we're like, what does that mean? No one knows what that means. I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of weird code. But Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer, she had him here. So she got, you know, remember a, a while ago she said she was riding with Biden and we all had a ride. We all had a seat on that train. I'm like, get me off that train. Yeah. No thanks, but she's clearly still riding with Biden. They came, they were holding hands at the auto show. Do you remember that? Holding yeah. hands. Yeah. I mean, part of us is like, is she holding him up? Right. It could be. We don't know. You know? We're not 100% sure. Maybe he thought she was Jill. Who knows? But but that happened. And the media comes out and they're like, how sweet. Joe Biden was here and Gretchen Whitmer and Joe Biden were holding hands. It's like America's grandfather. Oh. We're like, no, no one, that's, no one wants that's that. That's creepy as hell. But I think how funny would this be if it were Tudor Dixon and Donald Trump holding hands? You think it would be America's grandfather? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. That's the difference. But that's why the, the Democrats have become so arrogant, because they have the media always coming to hold their water. What can we do for you? Can we run a story for you? Give us your opposition research. And then they've realized that actually the people are paying attention. They're paying attention beyond the fake stories. They know what's really going on. And when she crushed small business in the state, people understood that it was coming from Democrat policies. Yeah, like a billion dollars uh, on policing. That's great. That keeps everybody safe. Uh, that's an important uh, that's an important uh, step forward uh, after what we have seen happen to law enforcement around this country as the maniacs and lunatics have uh, convinced or I should always say I should always put this more properly convinced uh, the people to vote against their own best interests. Remember what I told you, the rich people have high walls. Uh, security systems, drivers, really good state-of-the-art weapons, uh, all that sort of stuff. The working poor, the people that are trying to climb up the ladder to do better for themselves uh, are, are the people that are, that are going to like vote for some hope that, like, holy cow, can we please just get more cops? Uh, I, I just want more police officers uh, coming in here.
let me go over to this now. This is a uh, clip from Ron Klain. I'll tell you what. Ron Klain is Joe Biden's chief of staff. And he is a uh, he is a product of Washington, D.C. like you wouldn't believe. Do you remember back in 2021, early 2021, when Joe Biden would kind of lose his cool about people not getting the vaccines? And he would basically say, like, I'm sick and tired of having to tell you people to get a shot. I'm sick and tired of you not listening to me. I'm really sick and tired. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's who's dying. Remember, he was he was like yelling at us on a regular basis, yelling, yelling, yelling. Ron Klain is the chief of staff for President Biden. You've seen him. Back in 2000, just a little tidbit for you. Back in 2000, when you had the uh, the recounts taking place down in Florida, uh, Ron Klain was down there backing up uh, Al Gore and his claims and that sort of stuff. And in fact, when HBO made the movie or the Showtime movie, one of them that made the movie about the recount in Florida, Kevin Spacey played Ron Klain. And now you know the rest of the story. No, it's not. Here's Ron Klain yesterday on Morning Joe. And he says that you election deniers, this is your last warning. What? What? Here's Ron Klain. Check it out. The president decided a few days ago that it was important to uh, uh, issue one final warning on this issue to make very clear, to leave no doubt, uh, that we have people out there still peddling the big lie. People uh, uh, now raising the issue of election denial in this election. So when the autopsy of this election is laid out, I do believe Ron Klain and that mentality is going to be sort of like Exhibit A, not necessarily him saying it like two days ago, yesterday, to you know, two days ago. This is evidence of the hubris of Washington, D.C., And isn't it curious that in these days that have since uh, uh, come and are on their way to going, when's the last time you saw Muriel Bowser anywhere on a television show trying to stump for 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 the Democrats? Where where'd she go? Where's Keisha Lance Bottoms? I don't see her out there campaigning uh, around around the country anyplace. Where where did these folks go? Where, Where did they go? Where did they go? They know what's coming. The red wave is going to be substantial. The blue wave will be expected. Upper Upper West Side of New York City, uh, part of Connecticut, some people in the Hamptons, uh, people in Los Angeles and Santa Cruz and in places like Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, and uh, the wacko patches of the uh, Pacific Northwest. But ladies and gentlemen, I am confident as we look at the uh, at the way forward here, we're going to see something very big happen on, on Tuesday. We're not going to hear about it until uh, much later on. Uh, on Monday, I want to break down for you how it is you should consume the election results. Because there there is going to be an effort, and I talked about this three, four months ago. There's going to be an effort to draw you off sides again, like they did with January 6th. They're going to try to draw you off sides. They're going to try to make you 
get angry and think about doing something irresponsible so that the narrative can shift from the red wave to look at these violent people that voted for Republicans. I'm just warning you about that right now. I watched a little bit of it uh, earlier today uh, with with a pollster that was answering questions, and he was he, he was kind of starting to stoke those fires a little bit. And we'll want to talk about that on Monday, and then on Tuesday it's it's Action Day. We will continue the Devious Motives podcast till we get some sort of a conclusion uh, uh, at the other side of of this election, and when we know where all the results have finally come in. We're not going to wait for like we're not going to wait for like the the ballots to come in from 3,000 miles away in Alaska uh, out there in the Bering Sea. At some point, we'll probably have to move to a different narrative uh, or, or a different uh, set of topics uh, there on, on Devious Motives. Hey, don't forget, I'm going to give you a message here straight ahead, uh, let you hear about the trip to Italy. There's still seats uh, available. Please uh, come join me. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be in, uh, in June of 2023. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives. Hey, it's Brett Witterbull, and I've got a great opportunity for you. If you're a fan of the show, if you listen or watch my videos, I want to invite you personally to join me and my beautiful wife, Sherry, as we take an excursion over to Italy. It's going to happen in June of 2023, so that's this coming June, and we're going to get together with amazing people. We're going to see incredible sights. We're going to land in Rome. We're going to take a, a land tour all among the sites of the things that you're going to want to see, including but not limited to uh, Assisi and Venice and Milan. We're going to eat. We're going to laugh. We're going to love. We're going to the Vatican. It's going to be absolutely incredible, but it won't be complete without you. I want to invite you and your loved ones to join us as well. You can get more information at cruise-tour.com. That's cruise-tour.com. Or give them a call at 800 383 3131. That's 800-383-3131. Arrivederci. I'll see you in Italy.